That's wonderful. Thank you for the special. Thank you for all the singing. And it's good to see you today. My soul, I love these times. Live and breathe for the times we get to be together and to see every one of you. I love meeting with you at the back or at the front and just talking it over and hugging a little bit and spending time. I'm not going to have much to do with Cindy Gossage after the service, but uh, the rest of you, I just love all of you. <laughs> I love that woman. She is, she is nuts. Look at Matthew 16, if you will, please. The Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 16, verses 13 through 16. Verse 15 will be the verse we look at as the text verse. Matthew 16, 13. I've done this thousands of times, thousands of times. But every time, I hope it always feels like the first time. Might be the best time. Could be the last time. So I always want to give it everything I've got. Heart, soul, mind, body. And you do the same. Get in on it. Participate with me. And let's all respond and get what we need from our wonderful Lord. Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came in the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But watch this, verse 15. He's more interested in what they say about him, his own followers, his own people, more than the outsiders. He's more interested in what they say about him and how they feel about him. So he turns to him and he says in verse 15, but whom say ye that I am? His own people. Boy, Simon Peter hit it right on the target this time. He answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Here's the message. It asks the question, What do you say about Jesus? How do you feel Amen. about Jesus? Hey, honey. How's your thumb? It's good. It's healing. All right. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, thank you for the joy of being here and this good group. And I'd rather be here than anywhere else I know and be doing this more than anything I'd rather be doing. But Holy Spirit, as much as my heart may be in it, I'm woefully inadequate for this hour. You be our preacher. You share with us wonderful words of life. You do the impossible. And that is open blinded eyes and warm up cold hearts. Yes. And dear Lord, I praise you for all you do, for asking in your name and with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. I've noticed a common denominator among people whose lives are shattered. And that is most of them have a common knowledge about Jesus and they claim some church affiliation. Yeah. And yet their lives are all to pieces. Now granted, that church affiliation may be at the last Baptist church in Poduck County down at Peckerwood Creek. But they're affiliated with something somewhere. Oh yes, they're religious. But it does not seem to be helping them. I talked to a lady the other day about 30 years old and her and her fiancé are separated. Uh, they've been living together a while. She's had a couple of miscarriages. And she smokes marijuana regularly. And yet, here's what she said. She said, I rededicated my life to the Lord back the first of this year. Now, there's something wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, Amen. Uh, a church affiliation 
some common knowledge of Jesus, claiming to love Him, and yet it's making no difference in their lives. That bothers me for them. It really does. It was the same way in Jesus' day. The Jewish people, they claimed to be very religious, and they were very proud of being religious, and yet our Lord spent most of His time healing their bodies and healing their minds. And yet they were very religious. But it wasn't doing them any good. Wow. Something's going on. If Jesus is so wonderful, and He is able to give a life-changing experience, then why no real impact on people's lives? And there's a trend, and it's moving farther and farther away from our dear Lord. But I want to give you some possible explanations this morning, and you just follow along and get in here with me about why this could be so. Why that if Jesus is so wonderful and power to change lives and turn everything around, then why is it showing up so little in people who claim to know it? Why is there no more impact than what there is? I'll give you a few possible explanations for that. First of all, little faith. Matthew 8, 26, Jesus is with the disciples out on the Sea of Galilee. There's a sudden storm. It's a severe storm. And here's what he says after they say, don't you care? We're going to perish. We're going to drown. Don't you see what's going on? Here's what he says. Why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith? The disciples are going through a storm. A lot of storms in life. Am I right? And this could have been the most severe storm that they had ever encountered. But instead of looking to Him and leaning on Him and trusting Him, they became afraid and they didn't trust Him at all. They doubted Him and He was hurt and disappointed in them. In Luke chapter 9, verse 41, after the disciples failed to cast the demon out of the young man after He came back down to the mountain, our Lord with the three apostles, uh, Peter, James, and John, he looked at them and said, how long am I going to have to suffer you? How long am I going to have to be with you before you catch on to who I am? They didn't get it. And guess what? It really hurt his feelings. I know that because of the structure of the statement, how long will I suffer you? You're hurting my feelings. Have you ever looked at Jesus like that, like you could hurt His feelings? Like you could disappoint Him? He has feelings just like you, except they're different than yours. They're infinite. He has a greater capacity to hurt than you do. Has anyone ever hurt your feelings and really disappointed you? Well, then multiply that by infinity and you'll get an idea of how many of God's people are hurting Him. And He says, you're hurting my feelings. You're disappointing me. You're not looking to me, leaning on me, trusting me. In fact, you're doubting me. Little faith has a great thing to do with people having so little impact in their lives. Little faith. It bothers the dear Lord. Granted, things are getting worse. J.B. Buffington said this, It's never supposed to be this bad. It never was supposed to be. 
Our Lord didn't design it this way. Do you think the Lord is any way responsible for what's going on? He didn't mess this up. We did. Amen. Sin entered the world. It's been chaos ever since. Our Lord wanted it beautiful, wonderful. If you want to know how the Lord wanted it to be, look at Adam and Eve before the fall. It was absolute heaven on earth. That's the way God wants things. Don't ever identify our Lord with catastrophes and tragedies around the world. He didn't do it. We did it by allowing sin to come into the world. He's a great, big, wonderful God. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Why do we have so little faith in Him? Why? We turn to ourselves and our savings account and our credit cards and borrowing money and going here and going there when something comes up when we can run to Him and say, it's your little child, Heavenly Father. Please help me in my situation. Little faith really hurts His feelings. And it kind of gives an explanation as to why there's so little evidence of his presence in our lives and in our behavior. A lot of that going on these days. I remember years ago back in the 60s. Boy, you talk about a good time. I'm glad I lived in the 60s. I know I don't look that old, but I do. I remember living in the 60s. Texaco, Sky Chief Supreme, 98 octane, 25 cents a gallon. Amen. How you like that? First house I bought cost $4,000. Payments were $39.97 a month. You can't even pay your water bill for that. The 60s. But more than that, revival was in the air. People went to church. Buildings were filled all the time. Revivals, people being saved, lives being changed. It was everywhere. America was greater then because America was more righteous then. And pulpits thundered with the Word of God. And people sat there and said, Tell me more, preacher. Tell me more. I want to hear the Word of God. I'm glad I grew up in that era. Is it ever coming back? No. What are we going to do about it? Keep on loving Jesus. Keep on sharing Jesus. Keep on living for Jesus. The whole thing comes down to you as an individual, me as an individual. What do you have to say about Jesus? How do you feel about Him? That's what He wants to know, not the outsiders. He said, I know that people say I'm John the Baptist and, and Elijah and maybe Jeremiah, but I want to know how you feel about me. How, how do you feel about me? I want him to be so wonderful and so attractive in my life until he is all of me, not part of me, not most of me, but all of my living. He's my life, my breath. Everything is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen. He's wonderful. Little faith. These evil days. It's going, to play, it's going to be kind of hard to play catch-up if our faith is weak and it hasn't grown through the years. I hope as you've been saved 20, 30, 40 years, your faith has grown and increased and you've grown in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and you're much more mature today than you were 20 or 30 years ago. If not, it's going to be hard for you to play catch-up because things are getting worse and we're running out of time. I hope you've been walking with him. If not, start 
today. Dedicate your life to Him. Read your Bible. Not as an obligation, not as some assignment, because it's God's love letter from His heart to yours. It ought to be the most attractive, wonderful, appetizing book in all your library because God is talking to you. You say, I wish God would say something to me. He is. Just read it and He'll talk to you Amen. through His wonderful, wonderful book. Amen. The sad thing today is most people say, I just don't have time. It's the 21st century preacher. Get real. Get with it. you got to understand, I've got my plate full. I've got a lot going on and I just don't have time. Oh, my soul, please take time. Your life will be so much more wonderful. There's a second reason why that people who say they know him, it doesn't seem to be having that much impact. And that's because of, I ain't going to tell you until you say amen. If you'd like to know, say amen. amen. Not only little faith, but their lost condition. Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't matter if you're a church member, you've been baptized, your name's on the row, and you read your Bible sometimes, and you say, I have a fondness of the Lord, and I know a little bit about the Bible. That's not enough. Amen. It's a personal relationship. Does he live inside of you? Does he make a difference in you? Is he your dynamic in living? Lost people. Two groups fall into this, and that is those who are not saved and know it, and those who are unsaved but think they are. Oh my, I never, I don't think I could live with this, Frank, if anyone ever went to hell from this church, from a church pew in Fellowship Baptist Church. Amen. Sitting here Sunday after Sunday thinking they're saved but they're not. Or coming in as a visitor and walking out and saying, I know I need the Lord, but I'm just not going to do it. I have a problem living with that. Amen. Because your eternal soul is your most precious possession. Amen. You may have a nice car, a nice house, a nice job, but that's nothing. Some people are so poor, all they have is money. You'll get that at 12.15. There are things far more important than that. I hope you have that. I hope you have a nice car, a nice home, and plenty of money. I hope you have a wonderful life. But there's much more to it than that. And that's where you are with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You've never seen an armored car following a hearse. You're not taking it with you. The only thing that matters is where you are with God, what you've done for Jesus. That's all that will matter when you're on your deathbed and drawing your last breath is where you are with Christ. Amen. And it should be, now please don't misunderstand this, it should be an easy passage just sailing out of this world into the next and saying, Lord, I'm coming home. No Christian should ever be worried about dying or be fearful of dying. Paul said this, to die is gain. The man was either a fool or he knew something many people don't know. And that is, it's a whole lot better to be up yonder than it is down here. I don't want to get adjusted to this world. 
I don't feel at home down here. And I won't apologize for that. I don't feel at home. I'm just a pilgrim passing through. And thank God, I'm glad I feel that way. I can't wait to get home. But a number of people, though they have a general knowledge of Christ and a religious affiliation, they don't really know Him. And that explains why there's no real impact and no dynamic in their life and no appetite for spiritual things. That explains it. Spurgeon said this, one ounce of heart knowledge is better than two tons of head knowledge. You can know a lot about Him, but not know Him. Please make sure you know Him. Please make sure you know Him. Judas, in Mark 14.10, was called what? One of the twelve. The other eleven had no doubts about Him. They never dreamed He was not saved. He looked like Him, acted like Him, walked like Him, talked like Him, but he was not one of them. Classic example of someone who's not saved, but everybody else thinks that they are. Oh, listen to me. This is not some preacher coming after you. I love you. And if you have any doubts about your salvation, please settle that today. Don't let stupid pride who cares? You willing to go to hell over what somebody thinks about you? Who cares? I'd run down here and get that settled with God today. Who cares? Make sure you know Christ is your personal Savior. And then the third and final thing, and this is where it really gets good, the Lord's true identity. Look at what Peter said. Boy, sometimes when Peter was wrong, he was all wrong. I mean, he'd miss it by a hundred miles, but he hit it right on it here. When Jesus said, who do you th- say that I am? How do you fellas feel about me? Peter said, I'll tell you who you are. You're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. <laughs> wow, that has a ring to it. The son of the living God. Peter said, I know who you are, and I love you. Now listen, Peter lived in an evil day. It cost a whole lot more to be a Christian than it does right now. You could lose your life back then easily. Property, family, everything for identifying with the Lord Jesus Christ. But Peter was not only a survivor in his evil day, he flourished as a Christian in his evil day. He said this in 1 Peter 1, 3, I have a living hope. Jesus is my living hope. Do you ever worry about things? I do sometimes, but we shouldn't. I guess it's we need to learn some lessons from the robin and sparrow about that, about the Lord taking care of the little birds. Said the robin to the sparrow, I'd really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow, the robin, friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as care for you and me. If he feeds the birds of the air, he'll surely take care of you. If you'll look to him, if you'll lean on him, if you'll trust him. You say, well, I've got a job and 
I've kind of got it together, preacher. That could change tomorrow. Amen. But he never changes. That's right. Our Lord's true identity is he is the son of the living God. Peter said, I have a living hope in him. And then he said something that most Baptist folk don't even know about anymore. He said in verse 8, I rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I rejoice in Christ. I'm a happy fellow. There are a whole lot of people who are saved but not happy. Have you noticed that? Hmm. And then he said something just almost incomprehensible to 21st century churchgoers. He said this in 1 Peter 3.10. I love life. Peter said that. I love life. Life with Christ. Serving Him. Adoring Him. Worshiping Him. Helping others in His name. And if you really want to invest your life, get involved helping other people. Amen. You'll, lose, you'll forget about your own problems. You won't be a sad sack. You won't be in self-pity. You'll be investing in other people and you'll get so involved in them, you'll be praying for them intercessorily and you'll say, Oh, dear Lord, I want to see something happen for them. And boy, it'll fill your cup over and go down into your saucer. It'll be amazing when you invest into others' lives. Amen. Bless you, Lord. But what do you have to say about Jesus today? How do you feel about him? If, if a news anchor came up and stuck a microphone in your face and said, tell me how you feel about Jesus. What do you have to say about him? What would you say? I hope you would say, oh, if you've got a few minutes, I need to tell you about him. He's everything to me. He's not part of my life. He's not even just vital in my life. He is everything in my life. He's the reason I live and breathe. I wouldn't have anything. I wouldn't have any hope. I wouldn't have any cause to go on were it not for the Lord Jesus Christ. Bring that mic up a little closer, Mr. News Anchor. I'm not through talking yet. He is the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is master of my life, and I love Him, and I'll serve Him till the day I die. What do you think of that? How do you feel about him? What do you have to say about him? If somebody puts you on the spot, I hope you would say, oh, he's wonderful. <laughs> he's everything to me. Maybe your faith has grown cold and you don't have that much. No criticism, not criticizing. A lot can distract you in this 21st century. You've got a lot of pressure on you. Have you ever thought about what's going on with our young couples? Yeah. My goodness. Back, uh, back when uh, I was, uh, Wanda and I were in our teens and just growing up, we didn't have that much pressure on us. But my goodness. Can you imagine our young couples today that get up and go to work and they have all these pressures and they have inflation? By the way, inflation's out there. Have you noticed that? Um, our young couples, I love them. I love this little old young couple back here. Good night. <laughs> and their little old kids. And I pray for you. And Jesse and Jessica and other young couples in here. And we need about 25 more young couples. Yes, with about four kids each. You say, well, where would we put them? That'd be a good problem. Yes, sir. 
I hadn't forgotten about young couples and the pressure. Got kids and got them in school and got them getting starting to go to school and they get sick and things happen. It's hard. So pray for them. But our Lord's adequate for all of us here, is He not? I pray you know Him. If you have any doubts, listen, if you have any doubts, don't worry about what people think. Everybody in here would jump up and down for joy if you'd come and get that settled today. So don't let foolish pride keep you from coming forward. If you're not sure, 100% sure, Jesus lives in your heart. Settle that today. I'm going to ask our musicians to come if they will, and we're going to sing. And if you'll bow your heads while they're coming, and just be thinking, do I really know the Savior? How do I feel about Him? What do I think about Him? What does He mean to me? If you were put on the spot and asked, what would be your answer? Well, He's important. He's been good to me. But that doesn't cover it, does it? He wants to be your everything. I wonder why our heads are bowed and eyes are closed and no one's looking. And Kathy can start playing whenever she's ready. How many, how many could say, Preacher, 100%, no doubt about it, I know Jesus Christ. He lives in my heart. I'm saved and sure. He's changed my life and there's evidence that I'm saved. And if I die today and go to heaven, I'm saved and sure. Can I see your hands if you know that for sure? God bless you. Thank you. Put your hands down. Is there a man, woman, boy, or girl in this room that say, Preacher, I'm not 100% sure. I don't know. There's this little nagging doubt. And I just need to get it settled. I won't promise you I'll come today, but I want you to pray for me. Preacher, pray for me. I'm not 100% sure I know the Savior. Lift your hand up and put it back down. Anybody in the room? God bless you. Preacher, you mentioned the little birds and he feeds the birds of the air. If he loves them that much, Jesus told his disciples, you are of more value than many sparrows. Do you think, do you not think he cares about what's going on in your world, over your house and your family? Of course he does. Preacher, I have a special need today. God knows what it is. And I'm not sharing it with anybody. It's personal and it's too deep and painful for me to talk about it with others. But God knows my need. I'm His. I know I'm His. And I have a special need today. Preacher, pray for me. Lift your hand. God bless you and you. Thank you. Hands, several hands. Let's stand, if you will, please, all the building, if you can. And Roger, what are we seeing? I believe that's Is thy heart right with God? You sing it out. You know it. Sing it out with Him. You that raise your hands and others, if you'd like to come, just come on and get the help you need. God bless you.
something the invitation if you're here and saved and you love this place and oh it is wonderful here and the Lord's leading you to come for membership you can come by transfer of letter statement of faith or candidate for baptism or if you need you can still come for prayer please please if you need to come for prayer come but you can come for church membership as well this is your verse whatever you need to do we're going to sing it together and you just respond God bless you let's sing it as something at five o'clock it slips my mind wow. what is it what is it wow. choir practice how many have ever sang in the choir before raise your hand you've ever sang it before all right five o'clock right here let's not be an embarrassment don't have five or six people up here let's have a lot of people here you don't have anything better to do more important to be here five o'clock for choir practice and six o'clock the evening hour it's going to be wonderful Amen. again travis it's good to see you today my friend do you feel like closing in prayer? Do you feel like praying for us? You go ahead. Oh, <laughs> 